You're listening to the Bookkeepers podcast, sponsored by Iris Elements, the weekly podcast for ambitious bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be discussing topics which will help you build a successful practice which works for you. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, welcome back to Bookkeepers Bootcamp. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good, Zoe. I'm good. I can't believe we're at the last day already. It always flies by so quick, doesn't it? I know. It's uh, back to back and then we're yes. like, so tired and then we're like, oh, it's the end. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got um, we've got four amazing sessions today and um, we mustn't forget that we've squeezed in an extra session with our sponsor, Go Proposal by Sage. We're going to be speaking to James Ashford this afternoon at two o'clock about pricing. He's going to blow our minds, I'm sure, uh, as he always does when he speaks to us. And, uh, and today we're speaking to Juliana Nagy, and we'll speak to Juliana in a second. We've also got uh, two other sessions with our bookkeepers today. We're speaking to Laura Day Henderson, and then this evening we're speaking to Nicola Fallon and Steph Merrill as well. So there's loads still, so don't feel like, you know, it's the end quite yet. Um, but first, Ju- Juliana's here. How are you, Juliana? Nice to see you. I'm good. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh no, it's our pleasure. Well, so you're in Australia, so the time is not ten o'clock in the morning where you are. I think everyone always wants to know what time is it where you are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, seven p.m. in Australia, Sydney. <laughs> so oh. there are lots of different time zones in this country, but I'm in Sydney, oh. nine hours ahead of you. So yeah, bootcamp will not finish for me today. It will finish tomorrow. <laughs> of course, <laughs> oh, so my in my mind. <laughs> you show up to everything like whenever we're live it's like you're here and um we really appreciate your dedication so thanks for being here yeah i'm loving it the timing is perfect because i start my day with you at 5 a.m and i finish my day with you at 10 p.m 10 to 11 oh so (laughs) lovely juliana i can't help but notice that you are sitting there in a jumper while we're sitting in here in summer now we would assume that as you're in australia it's obviously hot there because that's what everyone thinks but no no absolutely (laughs) not (laughs) i've been freezing all day it's really cold here now we've had the coldest winter so it's not like what i thought it would be uh, no. before I moved here <laughs> so tell no. us when when did you move to Australia and where from and why did you move yeah so um, I moved to Australia nearly 10 years ago um, and uh, from Hungary I'm from Hungary um, I lived in the UK for three years in uh, my 20s and it's very funny because I made quite a few uh, friends who were from Australia, they were traveling and just stopped in the UK for a couple of years to um, save some money and then travel on in the world. And um, I never thought that I would move uh, to Australia. I always watched Home and Away because I loved uh, watching, you know, the beautiful weather. And I was just thinking, oh, it must be awesome. They're so hot and, you know, sunny all year round. Um, and so yeah um we just my husband and i always just thought about um just going somewhere we wanted some adventure and when um we had our son we started to think about it a lot more because we just wanted to raise him somewhere where it would be a lot nicer than 
well, in, in Hungary, we had a really good life. We had everything. We had a, our existence and really good jobs. We could travel. We had holidays and everything. But something was still missing. And um, thinking about um, opportunities, um, we thought that, that surely there is a better place for him. And um, we ended up in Australia. And it's not like in home in a way at all. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> You know, I love that you were like, right, what do we want life to look like? Because we were talking, we've been talking about goals this week and like deciding what you want. And you can't like you can choose if you want to move to Australia, you can move to Australia. And uh, and, you know, you've set up your own business and that's going well for you. And we'll talk more about that. Um, but I think it's just being able to think bigger and think beyond what our expectations are. I love that you've been able to do that. The, yes, um, it, it is scary um, and obviously you have to um, make sacrifices but if you have a vision or a goal or you do it for a reason then um, you will do anything to make it come true. <laughs> so it sounds like you're an action taker and a go-getter. I mean I think moving you know to the other side of the world is such a massive and brave step and you know congratulations for that but not only that then you've started your own business and I know that that is a really big step and brave step so Julian do, do you want to tell us about your business and when you started and you know maybe what your background was before then yes before then um I I always worked in the corporate world um uh for big multinational companies I never never ever thought about starting up my own uh, practice. Um, and when we uh, moved here, I I had qualifications and work experience and everything, but no one was interested in those. So I applied for like 50, 60 jobs and got zero response. And um, I thought, oh my goodness, what shall I do? And then somehow I found a job with a job services provider which I had no idea what that was about, but I needed some local experience and I didn't really like it. It wasn't for me, so I left after about five weeks. But because I had this one local work experience on my CV, it opened up the whole world. And um, I applied for a job the next week and I got it straight away. It was a bookkeeping job in, um, in the city. Um, and by that time, I think I started... Um, uh, this uh, accounting course here in um, Australia because uh, even though I had uh, qualifications in finance and accounting because they were not recognised here, they were Eastern European, uh, um, I couldn't really use them for anything. So um, I worked for this um, uh, bookkeeping firm for a couple of years while, while I was studying and I also needed the hours that were required to um, be able to get this um, registration, uh, which is called the best agent registration, um, who are tax practitioners, tax professionals who uh, need to be uh, registered and certified in, a, in order to be able to provide um, services uh, to clients. So I knew that I was working towards that. And um, when I got my um, and when I got registered, then I just gradually decreased my hours with this um, bookkeeping uh, firm and um, I got my first client. Actually, I, I got my first client when I was still uh, working there in employment. Um, it was a friend who set up her own um, 
uh, hairdressing salon and they needed a bookkeeper and she asked me if I could help her out with that so that uh, she was my very first client and then um, I took on my brother's uh, uh, bookkeeping and um, yeah after after a while I, I left uh, the job and I was full-time focusing on my business which wasn't really full-time because the idea was to be able to work um, around school hours and spend more time with my child because he really needed that and then um, I actually uh, I think I got all of my clients through uh, word of mouth um, I don't think I have any through social media leads or anything um, and it's it's um, interesting and, and funny in a way because uh, I got quite a few clients through uh, my friendships, through my running community, because I run and uh, I'm part of a few running groups and um, and um, actually I made friends through running because I, had, I, I didn't know anyone here in Australia. So that was a really good way of making friends. And um, while you run, you chat, and then you find out things about each other. And um, I, I got quite a few clients through these uh, connections. Oh, I love this. And um, one question I've got. So I love that you've been able to become part of a community and that's helped you to find clients. One thing I'm interested in is the difference in culture, perhaps around sort of, I know you you are a BAS agent. So to be able to file taxes in Australia, you need to be a BAS agent. So it's different. Right. It's a bit different to hear. My sense is, and correct me if I'm wrong, that bookkeepers are already have a bit more kudos maybe than they do here in the UK. Like, I think we've had to work quite hard and I think it's changing now. Like the, um, the awareness of what a bookkeeper can do for your business. Like it's, it's starting to happen here, but I feel mm -hmm. like in Australia, maybe you've had a bit of a head start. Like maybe already there's more belief in within the bookkeeper. Uh or what the businesses expect or know that the business mm -hmm. that a can do for them? Yes, uh, maybe a little bit uh, uh, more like maybe business businesses and people know a little bit more about what bookkeepers can provide them with. Um, but um, so uh, if you are not a certified or registered BES agent or a certified bookkeeper, uh, the things that you can do is very limited. Um, because everything is like most businesses have uh, GST, which is VAT, and uh, if you want to be able to provide it, provide any service that's related that involves working with you know businesses who are VAT or GST registered, then you have to be uh, a registered BAS agent. So we can file um, lodge activity statements uh, with the ATO, the tax office, and. Uh, KYG uh, withholding um, uh, statements um, uh, and so payroll tax and stuff like that, but not tax, not personal or company tax. No, we can't. We are not licensed to do that. Okay. Um, so most yes, know uh, they need somebody. They, like when they start out, they're like, "This isn't my thing. I'm going to need someone who can look after this." Whereas perhaps over here, people try and do it themselves. A lot of business owners, as they're starting out, and then they perhaps see the bookkeeper as a cost more in the UK, whereas in Australia, it's like, this is someone in my team that I have to have. Uh, 
it is going that way, but still there are a lot of uh, businesses, especially startups, obviously, who uh, don't really want to spend uh, money on it because they don't see it as an investment. They see it as a uh, as a cost that they really don't want to spend on. Um, but um, there are a lot of really great business courses here, and uh, all of these business courses have modules on, um, you know, finance, but they all uh emphasize it how important it is to have a bookkeeper from the very beginning so they're really great. helping helping us yeah yes. that's great it's thank you for explaining that because i have heard about baz agents and i've heard about gst um but i, I didn't know because baz agent and i've heard also like tax agent wasn't sure if you could do personal and company tax as well so it's really interesting so is it me but you can do payroll and vat basically like the equivalent of us being able to do payroll and VAT is what a BAS agent That's right. do. Okay. Yeah, BAS That's agent. Really yeah, you have yeah. to have payroll qualifications. You uh, There are modules in the BAS agent um, uh, course, uh, like payroll modules. But if you yeah. want to be a payroll professional, then uh, we have now these uh, payroll management um, um, qualifications that's very, that it's recommended for BAS agents to, to have those as well. Excellent. I'm wondering if it's, I mean, as well, it's because, I mean, a bookkeeper and a BAS agent are the same thing, but you've got this kind of certificate to say BAS agent. And I think because you're called an agent, it's like, it's a kind of a, like a cool name to have, isn't it? And I think maybe that's like helped a little bit, you know, there, there's a bookkeeper and the bookkeepers become the BAS agent. It's like, it's definitely seems like a stepping stone between the bookkeeper and the accountant. And I think maybe there's like this next level that we, we, we've got just bookkeeper and accountant and not this I think that does help it's like oh everyone knows that they have to be qualified at that and I, I, I like that idea so Juliana what's what's the name of your business and how long have you been running it for yeah so uh the name of my business is horizon accounts um it's quite simple but I had a business that had um the name horizon in it and I just wanted to keep it I don't know why I just wanted to keep it and uh uh, in 2020, I asked the um, creative agency to help me um, sort my branding out. And then that's when I changed the name. We came up with this name. Um, and uh, I, I, I started um, in 2014, I think. So we came here in 2013. And I think I registered my business in 2014 because that's when I started um, to do bookkeeping for, for my friend. Tell me about the rebranding. Like, has, has that made a difference to you in terms of finding clients and how people perceive your business? Uh, it it did make a huge difference. It's not maybe not in finding clients, but but I was I became more uh, confident in you know being visible. I started to post on social media, and I was actually really proud of it. Putting all these brochures together and showing it to to my friends uh because because it looked good it looked really good i think yeah, it's, um, it's, it's sorry i think it's something we get really stuck on so uh, i remember this when i started my business and i was like what like what color should it be what font should i use and then you try and put something together yourself and uh, until you like have really thought about thought about it or got support from somebody um, and you can be like yes I really I'm really clear on who I am and what I'm here for um, and I'm like what you just said about feeling proud to get yourself out there 
um, it means you feel that you can move forward. And I know Joe's just been through this process of putting a website up and uh, a few things like that, which have just, she's been like, okay, great. Now I can talk about this. And it just is another step, isn't it? In taking your business more seriously, I suppose. Yes. Yes, it is. When you, I was just going to say that, and I didn't know this, so for people that are listening back, what does BAS stand for? And someone said business activity statements. So, um, yeah, I yeah. so I just I thought it was interesting. I'm loving learning about this. We have so many people in our community from Australia, New Zealand, and I think it's it's really nice to discover and learn what happens at the other side of the world and, and understand why there is definitely this perception in the UK that the bookkeepers or the bookies, as I've heard them being called in Australia. Have yeah, that's this, right. <laughs> they are, they're called bookies. And I've got this, diff, I don't know, there's a definite different feel about how they are treated in the industry compared to us. And it's just really interesting. So we want to, we want to learn this stuff from you. And um, yeah, it's, it's great. So I, I also love about hearing about rebrands and stuff. And I think it definitely, and Zoe's right, definitely now, um, I haven't had a website for years, but now I have, and I've got this place where I can send people to. It does all these little things kind of give you these better foundations to feel that you're a real true life business owner and you, you're worthy of going out there and talking to people. Um, it's it's really important. Um, when you when you started in 2014, did you say 2014? Mm-hmm. Um, what were your first goals for your business? Um the, my first goals were, was just uh, to be able to work around school hours, be more flexible, um, uh, because I really didn't want to put my child into after school care uh, to leave him there till that, like 6 p.m. And um, and it was also really nice not um, having to work like fixed hours. And uh, back then I was training a lot for really long distances and um every day I could just drop my son off at school and then I went for a long run or whatever training run I had on my plan and came home and then just got some work done and then you know I had my afternoon free and obviously then I started to get more clients and I got more engaged then the running had to drop but um that was also on the cards so wasn't I was happy about that I was devastated for you when you just said that. Have you got team members working with you, Juliana? No, that's my biggest uh, issue at the moment because now I'm really at capacity and I I don't only work in the mornings, I work a lot. And um, so my goal for the next 12 months or so is uh, even less than 12 months. I really, really need to start um outsourcing mainly I don't think I will be able to not able to but I I just can't imagine myself having employees um, and taking on that responsibility so I'm more inclined towards um, outsourcing the uh, compliance work probably uh, most of the compliance work that I don't really enjoy doing Um, and um, and also I need someone to uh, get me sorted like get me organized and mm-hmm. uh, so probably the first one I, I started um, uh, to look into um, um, having a, a VA um, and I was in 
negotiation with someone, but then it didn't work out. So I'm still looking for someone who could help me on that front. Uh, I've got contacts. I just need to really uh, yeah. spend the time on it. I was going to say, I mean, and, and Ashley Leeds has just said in the comments as well, think about outsourcing some of the lower value work, Juliana, first. And I do agree. I think it's a good idea to start off with some of those things that are maybe and, and a VA, a virtual assistant would be a great person because they could come into your business and they because they're experts and specialists themselves, they will be able to out, tell you, we can help you not to do this. And you don't even realize that you don't need to do that because you've never had somebody like that before. And I think it's 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 like bringing another expert into your into your business, but something that you don't know. But it's on admin tasks, which you can do yourself, but you're mostly not do, doing them in the most efficient way. And things like calendar management, email management, you might think, well, yeah, I can do that. But it's they would cut what's great about a VA is they come in and they kind of create the systems around that. So you don't have to alleviating and leveraging your time to be able to create the systems on the maybe some of the tasks in your business. Um, I definitely think it would be a great idea to do like the VA first and then maybe some of the more manual tasks in your business that you can manage. I know what you said about the compliance, but I think it's there's kind of a you can outsource the compliance, but then that leaves you doing the day to day, all of the heavy lifting work, which means you're not you might not get as much time back because you mostly end up just taking on more clients. So I think it's it's great to get somebody that's supporting you with the data input in the bank reconciliations, the payroll journals, accruals and prepayments, all of these bits and pieces that need to be done every single month. You know how to do it inside out. So you could learn, you could start creating systems and processes for somebody, but you can still outsource that as well. Um, I know that there's lots of um, people in our membership that, um, uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking of Leander, Leander's business. She outsources to people that have just started, maybe just got some qualifications and want some experience. She outsources them to on a part time and gives them those kind of roles. And then as they get better, she knows that they they want to build their own business in the future. But it's a perfect exchange they want to get some experience she doesn't want to pay high prices at the beginning it's a great exchange and so maybe you could adopt something I mean speak to Leandra about how she's doing that I think it's it's fantastic because she's got so many systems in place that they just have to follow and they're just getting building the confidence up to think I do know what I'm doing I do know what I'm doing I can go and do this for myself eventually so that works that works really well um so okay so you've you you achieved the goals you initially set out back in 2014 and then the business is getting bigger. And obviously, you've got some plans to do some outsourcing. And, you know, because you are, you've created maybe a bit of a job for yourself at the moment that you can't really escape from. But there's pros and cons. You're still your, you are still your own boss. And you're working from home and you get to choose lots of the things that you wouldn't get to do if you were employed. So what are the, you know, if you were able to offload some of the work and things like that, do you what what are your next goals in the business is it you want to get to a certain amount of time off and freedom or is it is there any more studying you want to do or is there you know do you want to an office one day what are the kind of things you're thinking about for the future for your practice yeah definitely more more free time to be able to spend more time on what I like doing like my hobbies and and um 
I would like to be able to go on a five weeks holiday without having to work <laughs> because uh, we, we try to go back home um, uh, for like at least five, for five weeks uh, every year. Obviously, we haven't been able to do that for a couple of years now, uh, but in normal circumstances, we would go uh, during December, January. And uh, it would be nice to spend five weeks away without having to work. Um, and uh, yeah, I would. I don't think I would study further in my profession, but I'm actually studying something something else, which is a uh, organic, natural organic skincare formulation. <laughs> and it's a three year course. Uh, um, so I would love to be able to spend more time on that. I love that Joe talks about self-care all the time and she gives me a hard time because I don't find a lot of time for it. But whenever I talk to you, I know that you've got like, you're really good at wellness and you really like are aware of fitting things in. I loved what you said about making sure that you found time to do your training runs and things like these are dream things for a lot of people to be able to find the time for that kind of stuff. It's really impressive that you're doing it. And I hope that you can get the time back to be able to do that and to have that big holiday in the winter if you think ahead to like well it's winter for you now but you know our, our winter if you were to come over to Europe next um Christmas time what do you need to do in your business now to be able to get do you think you could get yourself to a position that you could have that time out in December and what have you got to do to be able to do that yes yes so definitely that's become uh, a goal now and uh, I know it's only six months away and I've, we've already booked our tickets so I know exactly when we are going <laughs> but um, uh, I will follow Joe's advice and the very first person I'm going to engage is going to be uh, a virtual assistant because I really need to get things sorted and I've got all the system I've got really really good resources I just need to implement them and I've partially implemented them but they are not fully implemented and I, I at this stage I'm not able to bring someone on board and hand over tasks and delegate them because I would have still have to spend a lot of time uh, not teaching them and you know the system because the systems I've got are designed so that they can sit down and learn it and I, I will obviously be there uh, to assist them but it wouldn't have it wouldn't require that much uh, from me um, because it's really well designed it's just um, they need to be implemented so that they can just follow it step by step and and once that's set up properly then it will not be hard to uh, to get someone on board and do the induction kind of thing yeah yeah I think I mean I know from past experience when I've been really, really busy and um, I just want so someone to take some stuff off my plate. This is why I was talking about those lower end tasks, because if you think about it, if you can teach somebody brand new and you mold them um, in, and help them out with the very lower end. The thing is, I used to out try and outsource to people that had expertise and think they can just take it over. The problem is and a VA is different because that's not your expertise that's their expertise and that's fine but I used to um, try and find people that knew more than me in like things like management accounts and forecasting and then I just say well I don't know what I'm doing so you just do it 
And that caused me issues in the past. Whereas now I understand the goal I want for the client. I can explain to them, this is what I want. This is the deadline. This is the process. This is the bookkeeping. You're going to get this, blah, blah, blah. That's that's fine. You can outsource it when your systems are really good. But when, when you just, um, I think someone called it abdication of management, just like, just take it because I'm so busy. Just do it for me. That's when there's issues coming because they start their own systems. They've got their own culture and it can muddy the waters. So that's why I've learned if you start, even though it feels hard to take someone on at the beginning, you start right at the beginning, really simple tasks. You do, you you re I didn't realize how much time that would bring back. You think you want someone that knows it all, but actually the basics really does help. Also, Juliana, I hope you have a cleaner because that's the other thing I always say that you need to outsource first because you do not need to be doing all the cleaning when you've got all these runs to go on and uh, an that's ironing fine. lady or whatever it is, you need to outsource that stuff as well. And I'd love to talk about your pricing journey. Like when you started in 2014, did you know how you were going to price? Um, did you have you have you been on a journey with it? Have you changed things? I mean, we were saying yesterday that actually we feel like it's a never ending. You're never going to get to the end and be like, I'm done. I never have to change my prices again. I'm perfect. But what kind of journey have you been on from the beginning? Yes, for um, obviously I started off on um, early billing, um, but um, the practice I I used to work for as an employee it was run by a very like uh, ambitious lady and she was great uh, on this front and back in 2014 she already started um, but she already had most of her clients on fixed prices and um, she implemented kind of uh, value uh, pricing as well so she wasn't really charging hourly rates and this is what I learned from her but when I started I started on um, hourly rates and then eventually I just uh, I just started to uh, quote uh, fixed fees to my new clients and I changed um, over to fixed fees with my existing clients as well. Um, uh, I think I have like two small clients who I still do early uh, because they are just, they don't require that um, uh, much or that regular uh, work from me, but uh, all the other clients are on fixed fees and um, I've, been just renewing my fees because it's year end here in Australia so our financial year ended yesterday and uh, this is when I renew um, my proposals and uh, yeah I should do it more often I actually haven't renewed for the past two years because of um, COVID uh, which I should have done but anyway um, I just uh, prepared the renewals and uh, send them out uh, in the past um, uh, couple of weeks. I actually sent to her uh, this morning I, when I woke up at 5 a.m. I thought, okay, this is the first thing I have to sort out because it's past 30 uh, June and I really have to get this out. Anyway, so I'm still waiting on uh, responses on a few. Um, but um, I have learned so much over the past few months uh, about uh, pricing and value pricing and back there I have uh, my bibles so James Ashford's books <laughs> how did you and feel just... um, how have you felt sending those proposals out then so you haven't renewed your fees for two years and now you've just sent all of your renewals out how that's how right yeah um 
well, I still feel a bit nervous about it, but now I'm more confident um, on this front and because I learned so much and I, I read his books more than once, both of them, and I listened to them on Audible uh, and I quote James Ashford a lot <laughs> because it's just so brilliant and there's just so much in those books, seriously. I could read them all over and over again. Um, so I'm, I've become more confident uh, about uh, pricing and presenting my proposals or sending them through. And what if, what if they don't accept it? Then we will still have a conversation about uh, what they think is too high or or overcharged or whatever. I don't think uh, I am overcharging anyway. Um, but I still uh, log my hours. So I know exactly how much time I spend um, on client work because I, I, I just want to have the statistics uh, when I uh, work out my fees that, okay, I'm spending this much time. I have to make sure that if I was on an hourly rate, that fee would be lower than what I'm going to charge now because then what's the point of um, value pricing? So, um, uh, I know I've got to a point then if they say no, then what happens, you know? Yeah, then... absolutely. It's a conversation starter and it's a it's something to talk about. And and like what I I love that you've you've obviously really in, I mean, you've taken up you sound like you've got James's outlook. You're so chill and calm <laughs> about it. You can tell you've read his books a couple of times because you're like, well, what will happen? We will have a conversation and it will go one way or the other. And um you know, if um, I, you know, I love thinking about if, you know, you doubled all your fees and lost half your clients, you'd have half the work, but the same amount of money. And that's, that's the reality. And you will be able to have those conversations with those clients and see really if it's a case of, well, they're not really utilizing that service. So you can take that service off again. That means you not having to do work then that they're not valuing. Um, and they're getting the services that they require. Um, I, I, I'm thinking that you're not going to be able to see James live at boot camp. You're going to be asleep, are you? Or are you going to be oh, awake? I'm staying awake. I'm staying oh, awake. <laughs> oh, bless you. Bless you. Oh, Well, we will obviously mention to J James that we spoke to you earlier today and you have his books in the background, like Pride of, uh, so Pride of Place on your bookshelf. And um, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, I mean, what would your... So I love the fact that you are today in the point where I've repriced my clients today. And that's a that's an energy that I really want to pick up on and share with everybody how you're feeling. If somebody today is thinking, wow, I haven't priced any repriced anybody, because I know we talk a lot about going and getting new clients. But as James often says, if you've already got a client base, you've got more money sitting there. And I think it was Karen Kennedy that said yesterday that she repriced six clients and for no extra work, got another £600 a month into her business. I know, I mean, I'm so rubbish at remembering the statistics, but I did the same exercise. I have actually got my spreadsheet somewhere and I think I did about 10 and bought in an extra thousand pound a month when I did that. So it's it was compared to uh, Karen, it looks like, you know, it's like a hundred pound extra a client. And it really felt, it did feel like that, but they were, they were all fine. It, there was no, there was no argument. And like Karen said, she did that and no one moaned and they really didn't, but we have all this fear um, so if somebody today is sitting there, maybe they have 10 clients or 
20 clients and they haven't repriced for a while, what would you suggest to like, what kind of mind sh- mindset shift have you had to go through to kind of say, right, now is the time? Was it the point that it's year end and it kind of feels like it's given you permission or would you have done that at another, is it just that you've read his books and you're ready now? <laughs> it's probably probably both but I had been uh thinking about I knew that I had to um renew um the proposals at this time of the year and now because I haven't done it for for years and I had started to I started to feel it like the work was just getting more and more and obviously my fixed fees were uh the same um and yeah I think so if by reading those books and listening to them and listening to lots of podcasts and or your podcasts and and um, other podcasts as well and talking to other people about it, uh, it just gives you a lot more confidence and and to think about the fact that what if they reject it, nothing happens, life goes on. You either um, be able to negotiate with them and then get what you uh, you wanted for the first place, or if not. Yes, take out some services, but then it won't make the whole thing work because if you take out services, you will provide less or a lower level of level of service, then the client won't like it because now they have been used to what they have been getting from you. So if you take something away, they won't be happy. So probably they would be rather happy to pay uh, a higher fee for, for the same or even higher level of service, because if you get paid more, you are more willing to um, provide more. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today and uh, sharing your journey with everybody and inspiring us. I think there are people who are going to be ready now to go and do their repricing or at least look at some of those clients today where you think I might just be doing too much here and I think I probably need to renew this one. Maybe that's a challenge for everyone watching this. Is there a client that's at the top of your mind right now and you're like, that's the client where I'm there's been scope creep. I need to review it. And we can all go and review the pricing for that one today. Like that would be a result as a team, wouldn't it, by the end of the day? So um, thank you so much, Juliana. How can people connect with you and find out more about what you do? Yes. Um, so um, I'm on Instagram uh, on the Horizon accounts and Facebook, same Horizon accounts, not very active on there. I'm on LinkedIn um, under my name and I have uh, my company page so the logo is there, Horizon accounts. But I think uh, LinkedIn, if uh, they search uh, Horizon accounts, they, it will lead to me anyway, my personal page. And um I have a website, it's horizon accounts that compensate you. <laughs> well. Perfect. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And of course, you're part of our community as well. So come and connect with Julia yes. and the community as well. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for taking the time this morning or this evening for you and uh, for sticking around for the sessions later on. Thanks everyone for, join- for joining us this morning. We're going to be back at one o'clock with Laura Day Henderson and uh, we're speaking to James Ashford at two o'clock. Um, I thought I'd just put the little banner up on the screen and then we're back at eight o'clock tonight. So see you for some of those final sessions. Thank you so much everybody. See you later. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast with Topical Bookkeeping Chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.